5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. So today we're going to start off with the question that actually is going to be, um, that starts from a statement from the agnostic Bertrand Russell. And so he said, I think that if I heard a voice from the sky predicting all that was going to happen to me during the next 24 hours, including events that would have seemed highly improbable, and if all these events then proceed to happen, then I might perhaps be convinced at least of the existence of some superhuman intelligence. I can imagine other evidence of the same sort which might convince me, but as far as I know, No such evidence exists. All right, so ultimately, what is Bertram Russell talking about? He's talking about God and there being a divine intelligence, a godly intelligence, and a universal understanding that something is above that's even, you know, outside of us, right? That it's able to point us in a direction, it's able to say, hey, you know what, uh, like, I know what's going to happen. And and so we look at it as, you know, like fortune telling, you know, like, you know, I'm going to go to somebody, they're going to tell me what's going to happen. But ultimately, that's not even what this is about. God knows the things that are going to happen. So this, did Jesus fulfill the prophecies? And that's ultimately what we're talking about here, is that God knew what was going to happen. You know, so God, you know, you can look at it and say, all right, so Genesis, you see that God, after the fall, says there's going to be one who's going to crush the head of the serpent, and that's going to happen. Now, did God at that point say, well, it's going to happen right now? No. Um, they thought it was going to happen right there. I mean, even, you know, like uh, Luther puts in his commentary in Genesis that, that uh, Adam, Adam and Eve believed that their, their son who was born, who was going to be born, would be crushing the head of the serpent. So they thought it was going to be an immediate, like, oh, like this serpent wronged us. Now the child is going to be born that's going to crush this serpent. And they weren't, they were looking short term. God's looking long term. God's trying to say, no, this plan's not in place quite yet. Um, or the plan is in place, but <laughs> but you're not going to see it unfold the way that you thought you would. And so this is the, you know, even the prophecy from the very beginning. So the Old Testament contains a whole bunch of prophecies about the Messiah. Now, Barton Payne's uh, Encyclopedia of Biblical Prophecy lists 191 of them, while the Oxford scholar Alfred Edelstein um, cites 400. The most important point there is to keep in mind the organic unity of the Old Testament. So its predictions are not isolated, but instead it's one big picture of a, you know, kind of prophetic vision for the Messiah, for Jesus. So without a doubt, 
these prophecies or predictions were written hundreds of years before Jesus' birth, right? Before, as we look at in the Christian faith, Jesus stepped into human um, flesh. And so when we're looking at at least, I mean, even very conservative numbers would put it at least 400 years before Jesus, before his birth. And so when you're looking at all of these predictions, and some people say, well, Jesus, you know, it, it happened by accident. And and some people would claim that, well, you know, the, it, it's just an accident or it's just coincidence that Jesus happened to, you know, fall into these exact prophecies that were spoken of you know, hundreds of years prior. Um, in fact, Professor uh, Peter Stoner, who was the chairman of the Westmont College's science division in the mid-1950s, worked with 600 students to come up uh, with their best estimate of the mathematical probability of just eight New Testament prophecies being fulfilled in any one person living down uh, it to the present time. So they taking all eight prophecies together, Stoner then calculated the odds at one chance in a hundred million billion. This is equivalent to the number of one and a half inch squares it would take to tile every bit of dry land on the planet Earth. <laughs> so, yeah. So what is he saying? Like, even if you're not even looking at all, you know, 150 or all 400, depending on who you want to um, believe on the prophecies, is that are saying this wouldn't just by happen by accident. Um, the next one, they would say Jesus intentionally fulfilled the prophecies, like he's looking for it or he's you know, kind of molding the world around him to be able to fit this, uh, you know, the prophecies that were spoken. But here's the you know, debunker on that one, is that there were some of the prophecies that Jesus, it would have been completely out of his control like the place of his birth, his ancestry, um, his being betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, his method of execution, his legs remaining unbroken, remember, because he was dead, and the soldiers gambling for his clothes. These were all prophecies, and these were things that were completely out of his control. And so you can't even say that he was trying to manipulate all these things to happen. Then the next one is the gospel writers fabricated the details. So some of the critics maintain that the gospel simply kind of just changed details in order to make it appear that Jesus was fulfilling the prophecies. So uh, Lewis uh, Lapidus um, offers this. He says, when the... When the Gospels were being circulated, there were people living who had been around when all these things happened. Someone would have said to Matthew, you know, it didn't happen that way. We're trying to uh, communicate a life of righteousness and truth, so don't taint it with a lie. So besides, asked Lapidus, why would Matthew fabricate fulfilled prophecies and then willingly allow himself to be put to death for following someone he knew was really not the Messiah? And what's more? Although the Talmud uh, refers to Jesus in derogatory ways, it never claims that the fulfillment of prophecies was falsified. So he's pointing to something much bigger. 
Um, there's a couple that we're going to just uh, touch real quick. The Gospels misinterpret the prophecies, and uh, and ultimately, you know that that's it's it's not a a good thing to be able to point out. Um, they say the Old Testament was uh, reference was about the children of Israel, not you know Israel coming out of Egypt at the Exodus. Uh, this they charge as an example of misinterpreting the intent, right? So the New Testament did apply certain Old Testament pr- passages to Jesus that were not directly um, predictive of him. So many scholars see these references as being typologically fulfilled in Christ. So in other words, some truth in the passage can appropriately be applied to Christ, even though it wasn't specifically directed towards the Messiah. So the other thing, I mean, and this is the the one we'll end with today, is they say many psychics have successfully predicted the future too, and uh, and I mean, it, is it true that they that some people have? Um, sure, have they predicted hundreds of years prior and gotten it spot on with a lot of the what would seem like obscure details? So Jesus's miraculous fulfillment of the ancient prophecies remains one of the most potent arguments in confirming his identity. Those who carefully scrutinize the record find that these predictions simply can't be explained away. So uh, Peter Greenspan, a uh, Jewish obstetrician gynecologist who uh, teaches at a medical school, the more he reads books by, by critics who are trying to attack the prophecies, the more he recognized the flaws in their arguments. Ironically, concluded Greenspan, I think I actually came to faith in Yeshua by reading what detractors wrote. Right? So here's the good news for us today is that there can be lots of objections and things that we're trying to be able to sort through ourselves. It's okay to have it. But here's the, the Jesus who, beyond his control, was fulfilling prophecies from hundreds of years ago and was being able to say, you know, like, this happened. Now, we can say, I just don't believe it, and, you know, I can't help you with that. But you have to look at at least some of the evidence of what people are saying instead of just saying, oh, like, it's hard to believe that a magic, you know, person in the sky is doing it like yeah that is hard to imagine because i don't believe that but what we do embrace is that there's a god who is in control and there's a god who already knows the things that are happening and is present with us all right we're going to end there for today it was a little bit longer but uh you know had to get through all those uh pieces of that so all right we'll be back tomorrow take care of